Today, we're going to start the session with a conversation with Ryan Chan, CEO and founder at Upkeep Maintenance Management. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. You have a very interesting journey, Ryan. We covered you <laughs> in Entrepreneur Journeys, and, and I wanted to invite you back to these, this roundtable to uh, share more of how you've done your um, journey so far. So let's start. <laughs> let's start by uh, talking about bootstrapping with a paycheck. You know, we uh, we actually encourage, unlike other accelerators, we actually encourage people to bootstrap with a paycheck. And you have had a particularly particularly interesting um, success with uh, bootstrapping with a paycheck. Let's let's. Uh, Explain what you did to uh, our audience and uh, what has worked for you. Absolutely. would love to share my story. Uh, essentially, I was a chemical engineer at, at Berkeley. My first job was working in a manufacturing plant. So I got introduced into the tech world, not through, like, you know, going, at, going to school at the Bay Area, but really trying to solve a problem that I, I saw at my old facility. Um, so what happened was I realized there was a big problem at our facility, and I wanted to go and solve it through technology. But I didn't know how to code. I didn't know how to um, build the software that I wanted to build for our old company. So I wound up quitting my job, but not to start working on upkeep full time. It was actually quitting my job to essentially get paid to learn how to code. So my second job after college was actually working as an iOS developer. I had no, I, you know, when I look back, I'm like, man, why did they hire me? But I'm so thankful that they did because essentially <laughs> <laughs> it allowed me to, to learn how to code and ultimately have the tools in my tool belt to build the foundation of the product that I really wanted. So when we talk about bootstrapping, it wasn't just like, hey, I'm going to, um, I'm going to work on upkeep on the nights and weekends. It was also this idea of I'm going to get a full-time job that allows me to learn and hone in my craft that will allow me, you know, over a long period of time, it was a two-year period where I was bootstrapping upkeep, working on the nights and weekends, pretty much getting paid to learn how to code, getting paid to learn how to build the ultimate company that, that upkeep is today. Um, and what um, what did you accomplish in these two years while you were bootstrapping with a paycheck and learning how to code? How far did you get? Oh my gosh! I mean, when I think about like how far we got, I we I released my first product. Um, but when I think about it, it wasn't like it took me two years to release my first product. The very first product was actually released in the first three months of those two years. Um, mm -hmm. But what it allowed me to do is just create a product. It allowed me to continue iterating off of it. It was completely yep. free, so I didn't have to worry about, like, making money to support my every, you know, everyday needs. Instead, it allowed me to really, really hone in to what the customer problem was and also allow me to hone in my craft and allow me to get better as a developer, get better as a business owner, and better as, you know, basically a, a leader, a product visionary. 
<laughs> yeah. And um, so when you say you launched the product after three months, what kind of launch was it? Was it launched to a select group of customers that you connected with, or how did you launch? Oh, my gosh. It was like the most anticlimactic launch in the world. I basically finished the very, very MVP. It was like such a small MVP. Um, I released it out onto the App Store, and I had this vision that if I, if I did this, then everyone would come rushing in. It was a free product, and everyone <laughs> would love the product. Um, you could, I'm sure you can kind of tell that that did not happen. No. Essentially, I launched it on the App Store. <laughs> I launched it on the App Store. The first day, I got zero downloads. The second day, I got one. Guess who it was? It was my mom. Uh, the third day, I convinced my brother and his wife to download the application. And it was a very long period of just continuing to iterate on this product. Um, when I had launched the product, it was 100% free. And it was just another app of the million, 10 million applications on the App Store. Right. <clears throat> yeah, that was, that was our launch. <laughs> so when was the first real customer download? How long did that take and how did that happen? With the real first customer download, I'm not sure actually. But what I will say is that it was never this like exponential growth upwards. It was this two-year journey of working on the application that was just completely free. It was a two-year journey of just continuing to iterate on it. And it wasn't until basically two years later that I had met up with one of my friends who is also a startup um, founder and CEO of a, of a company much larger than we are. And he said, hey, Ryan, like, you've got a couple thousand users on Upkeep. Like, that's amazing. That's a business. And it didn't really hit me until I, I kind of paused and looked back at how far we'd come because I was grinding away for two years. Just every single day, it was just like adding one more user, one more user, two more users, three more users. And but people were organically finding your app. We were not doing any marketing as such, as it sounds like, yeah? I wasn't doing any marketing. I, you know, you kind of say that my, my conversations with our customers was kind of our marketing. And so essentially what I did was every single customer that came in, or every, I, I wouldn't even say a customer because they weren't paying us, but every single yeah. person that came in downloaded the app. I try to have conversations with them. Why did, yeah. you, why did you download Upkeep? What, what were you looking for? What, what do you want in a product? And it was what a wonderful a very, customer emotion exercise. <laughs> and it was just a very slow, steady, gradual process over two years. But if you do this for two years, one day you kind of look back and realize, holy, holy moly, look how far we've come. Look how far yeah. the product has come. Look how many customers and users are using the product. And that was and at, at the two-year point, these are still free users, yes? These are all free users, yeah. Yeah. So what did you do at the two-year point when you have 2,000 customers, your friend is telling you, hey, you have, you have a business here. What was the next move? The next move, it was actually the funniest story in the world, for me at least, when I look back. I had met up with my friend for coffee, and he said, Ryan, you have a business. 
And he said, Ryan, you should quit your job and start working on upkeep full time. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm, I'm like, deathly scared, but I think you're right. And so literally that day, I had called my boss, and I told him, like, I absolutely love working here, but I've got to pursue this passion of mine. I want to start my own company. So I did that. Um, and, you know, after that, I said, you know, okay, like, I want to, I, I need to support myself. I need to support, you know, basically the product. Um, it was just a one-person um, company, just me. Right. And I had applied to YC, and that was basically the start of this next chapter in Upkeep's growth. So talk about YC. You applied to Y Combinator. Y Combinator tends to not like solo founders, um, but you did manage to get into Y Combinator. Talk about what uh, happened. Sure. So I think the application process really fun. The application process for me was really funny. Um, I remember it was literally the week after that I had I had quit my job and started working on upkeep full time. Um, I, I was working in my mom's garage, and if you're curious, I actually still live there today with my wife. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and I was just searching online. I came across Y Combinator. I saw like, oh, there's this like application you can fill out for $120,000 in funding. So I filled it out in 30 minutes. And I remember very explicitly my wife saying, hey, Ryan, like, you know, if you're going to do that, don't you think you should spend more time? I explicitly remember saying, oh, it's okay. Like, they don't really like solo founders. They don't really like, um, there's no way that I'm ever going to get in. Um, but I applied anyways, and what I realized was, you know, it wasn't so much about, like, spending hours and hours on the application, but really how well you're able to t tell the story of how far you've gotten, how much yeah. traction you've gotten, and why you're, you are or your team is the right team to take over this industry. I think we were able to, or I think I was able to tell that story in the application, even though I had spent a short period of time working on it. I was able to show this, like, grit factor that I had been working on this by myself for two years. Um, I, I was able to show the traction that we were able to have. And ultimately, yeah. I think what YC saw in, in Upkeep was that, man, Ryan can do a hell of a lot with very little. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and, and frankly, uh, in a way, you already had product market fit. You had actual customers using your product. So, so the, the missing piece was turning them into paying customers, but you already had a product that was in the hands of real users, real customers. So, yes, you're absolutely right. Even if you're a solo founder, if you can show that real customers are engaging with your product and, and you have, you know, the beginnings of product market fit, I don't think whether you're a solo founder or not matters as much. It, it doesn't matter whether you're a solo founder, whether you have a team of five or 50 or 100. At the end of the day, what I've real, come to realize is that, you know, getting funding and receiving funding doesn't come off of having a great product. It, it doesn't ha come after, you know, having a great team or a great idea. It comes through execution and traction. 
Traction. Um, Traction is the funded. operating word. Absolutely. Absolutely correct. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So you get into Y Combinator. You have a couple of thousand users. What did you get out of Y Combinator? In the period that you were inside Y Combinator, what did you accomplish there? So I absolutely love, love Y Combinator. They push you hard. They push you to really think about your business and push you to have one core metric that you're really, really hyper-focused on. So in terms of what did we accomplish or there, while we were there, they pushed me to move a lot quicker than I thought I was even moving. So the first thing that they said was, Ryan, you're doing a hell of a lot with very little, just one person, but you need support. You need people to help you build out the product. It's not like you need 100 people, but go out and hire your first employee. So I did that. Mm -hmm. um, during Y Combinator, hired my first employee. His name is Kevin. He's still with us today, and he is such a good guy. He's the best first employee because he was the person that would basically was willing to do anything and everything and just be, you know, uh, a friend, you know, someone to work on really hard problems with. And I'm so grateful of him. I couldn't have done it without him. Um, mm -hmm. During Y Combinator as well, uh, we had switched the product over from not just, you know, a 100% free product, but we offered a, a paid pricing tier where they really pushed yeah. us to think about, okay, Ryan, like, you know, I, we know that you have a lot of free users. How, how much do you think are, people are willing to pay for it? And right. do you think people are willing to pay for it? So they pushed me, pushed us to um, have, a, have a paid tier of our, of our product. Um, and because of some of these strategic decisions during YC, we are able to continue growing. Um, and then I would say the third thing that, that we accomplished there that I really got out of YC was just the network of other founders. You know, yes, yep. I had gone to Berkeley. I had gone to school up in the Bay Area. But I actually wasn't very in tune with, with the, the whole startup scene. I was always very focused in, like, the industrial chemical engineers, um, the, all of those groups and organizations. So during YC, I actually – or before YC, I, had, I knew very little people that were in the tech scene. I didn't know a single person in YC. So going through YC, you get surrounded with a bunch of other startup founders that have yeah. done this before that are going on the same journey with you. And a lot of them I, would, I still call my close friends today. And what uh, percentage of the 2,000 free users converted into paying users? That's a good question. During, our, during YC, we were able to get – it was in the tune of, like, 300 customers by the end of YC. So we That's kind of backtracked that. Conversion rate. <laughs> I mean, if you think about like our customer base, they were all using upkeep um, for free. And some of them were using upkeep for a year and a half or almost two years to that point. Right. And right. it was actually right. amazing to see people, to, people saying, hey, Ryan, we want to support you. We want you to continue yeah. building this awesome. product and making it even better. Awesome. So now uh, let's talk about your business. What is upkeep? Sure. What is the functionality? What is the target customer? And how do you price it? Absolutely. So what is upkeep? We build software for maintenance teams. So most common use case, you're working in a manufacturing facility, a piece of equipment breaks down, you'll basically pull out your phone, snap a picture, create a work order, 
that'll go to the facility manager who can dispatch a technician to go out and fix that broken piece of equipment. So kind of like this group collaboration task management tool geared towards maintenance and facility managers, we have three different personas. Um, the buyer of our product is typically the VP of operations. The champion of our product is the facility manager and the ultimate end user is gonna be the technician who's out there repairing equipment on a day-to-day -day basis. That's really upkeep and a whole. Mm -hmm. And the pricing strategy? Absolutely, so essentially we charge per active technician on upkeep. So if you think about you know, dispatching one of those technicians to go out and fix a piece of equipment, we basically charge on a monthly, on a monthly billing cycle per user, yeah. and it ranges anywhere from you know, $40 per user all the way up to $180 per user per month. Fabulous. Okay, and what financing strategy did you follow after Y Combinator? So 120K of seed financing from Y Combinator, and then what? Yeah, so basically after Y Combinator, the other, I would say the fourth thing that Y Combinator gave us was a network and a, a network into investors. Yep. So after YC, we had obviously took $120,000 from them. After YC, we raised another $2.7 million in our seed funding. And it was from a group across um, Battery, Bain, also Y Combinator participated too, and a few other seed funds. So it was really, really awesome. To me at that point, I was just like mind blown. I was, you know, this was an insane amount of money, uh, but I'm so <laughs> grateful. Well, I, I'm so grateful because that allowed me and allowed us to really start to turn upkeep from what was just a bootstrapped company literally four months ago into a real business that we could actually bring on and hire people and, you know, ultimately build the foundation of what upkeep is today. Um, after that... And when was that? Operated. When was the $10 million financing? Yeah, so after that $2.7 million, we had raised another $10 million in January of 2018. So basically the timeline of so events... Just a second. Like, Brian, just yeah. uh, when was the $2.7 million? What, what month and year? Yeah. The the two point seven was after Y Combinator of winter seventeen. So it was around April of twenty seventeen. Okay. Yeah. And then we had raised another ten million dollars in January of twenty eighteen. So about nine months later. Okay. So you have about thirteen million dollars worth of financing by January two thousand eighteen. Correct. Correct. And how, how would the metrics tracking at this point with all this throttle, all this, you know, infusion of capital, what did that do to your metrics? I mean, I, I, it allowed us to grow. And just to put this into perspective, and whenever I think about it, it's kind of gnarly, kind of crazy, but a ton of fun. So two and a half years ago when we went through YC, it was literally just me as a solo founder. Um, during our seed round, we, I had basically hired, um, it was a team of eight after our seed round. And by our Series A, we had around 12 people. Um, so basically in January of 2018, there's basically 12 people on the team. Over the past um, basically year and a half since our Series A, we've got a team of 60. We have over 2,500 paying companies 
on yeah. upkeep. Um, we've grown the business quite exponentially, and it's been a ton of fun. It's been so, so amazing, so, so great. But what I also want to say was that, you know, funding is an outcome of having a great product, of having a great traction, having a product that customers absolutely love. I wouldn't yes. say that that financing was the thing that allowed us to get there. I think it's no, really an it's outcome. product market fit that allowed you to get the financing and, and the subsequent traction. It's not financing driving the traction. Absolutely. And just to put this into perspective, too, we haven't, we haven't spent a single dollar of our Series A funding over the past year and a half. Um, so I, I just really want to bring this home that, like, financing, having money does not equate to amazing traction. Having amazing traction will allow you to, to get additional funding and to get the financing. Well, and you don't need, at, at some point, I, I would argue that if you have enough traction and if you have some capital, you don't need to keep raising capital. There's a, there's a you know, problem in Silicon Valley that entrepreneurs feel this compulsion to continue raising exorbitant amounts of money. I don't think that builds great, great companies. Absolutely. So where are you now? We are ending the summer of 2019, so a year and a half, more than a year and a half from your last round of financing. What, what do you think you're going to do in 2019 at the end of the year? What kind of metrics are you targeting and, and what, where, where do you stand right now? In terms of, I mean, in terms of like number of employees, number of customers for us, I mean, we basically are on this path to, we're going to hit around 70, 80 employees on our, on our team. We're going to, get to around three to 3,500 customers by the end of this year. It's really exciting. It's been a ton of fun for us. Um, really, where, where is your team? Right? Are they all in the Bay Area, 70, 80 people actually, in the Bay Area? Actually, we're based in Los Angeles. <laughs> You're based in Los Angeles. Okay. That's a good yeah. idea because <laughs> the area is becoming very difficult from a hiring point of view. So that's, a, that's also a smart decision. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been, you know, for me, I grew up in Los Angeles and absolutely love the sunny weather down here in LA. So, you know, more than happy to bring folks that want to get out of the Bay Area down to LA. So you're, uh, you've had uh good success hiring in the LA area? It's always difficult, what I will say. It's always difficult to hire great people. Um, I think we've had good success hiring in LA because, you know, of my network, because of the people that we've brought on their network as well. Mm -hmm. It's hard anywhere you go. Yeah. Cool. What a wonderful story. I, uh, I love you know, how you've done all the right things and not, you know, chased money without chasing customers, all the things that we see over and over again in our practice, you know, entrepreneurs have this problem of believing that they need money first and then they're going to start chasing customers. And that's just not how the business works. The business works such that money follows if you have customer traction. And, and, and I, the reason I love your story and I invited you back after Entrepreneur Journeys is 
that I wanted you to reinforce that story from your experience. So thank you for that. Of course, of course. It, it means a lot to me. Um, and, and I genuinely believe that's how great businesses are started. 